Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. So today, I'm going to be talking about my take on why certain young NBA players have busted and had short NBA careers. Hopefully, we can dive into it and find a little bit more, find out a little bit more about scouting. Basically, I've just got a list of players that I'll run through and give you my personal opinions on why they failed in the NBA. Pretty much, I picked guys who stood out to me the most from the top of the draft. There was no science to my choosings really at all. And I would preface this just by saying that at the end of the day, every player is human. Some things that happen to their game and their body are completely unforeseeable. You could have an incredible once-in-a-lifetime prospect who doesn't pan out just due to fit or personality or just some other personal problem that you don't know about, a behind-the-scenes thing that you just do not have access to as a normal NBA fan. Still, I think we can find out some key things from looking at the games of the not-so-successful players. The idea for this episode kind of stemmed from some research that I did a month or two ago. I looked at a bunch of scouting reports from top picks who didn't pan out and found out the following reasons are why most guys don't have long careers. Here's the list. It's pretty informal, but I think that all of these things are pretty important parts of a player's game. So here it is. Shooting mechanics are inconsistent, passive at times, needs to tighten up handle, streaky shooter, iffy shot selection, loses focus, low maturity level, lacks technique, relies too much on size and athleticism, struggles to finish through contact, not a great rebounder, doesn't always box out, turnover prone. So I did originally have a bigger list, but I narrowed it down to the really, really common important weaknesses. Obviously, there are plenty of players with one or two of these concerns that end up being stars. However, these are the big reasons. Notice the trend. I'm seeing that a lot of problems are technique and focus issues. Not that a player isn't skilled or doesn't have the basketball talent to make it in the NBA. You clearly have to have skill, yet at the end of the day, technique is a big, big deal. Now, from here, let's just jump into some specific players and find out what they had trouble with. And all of the players here will be from fairly recently mostly or maybe all from the last five years. So first up, we have Jarrett Culver. Culver was drafted out of Texas Tech way back in 2019 with the sixth pick. Scouts, I believe, were enamored by his potential as an electric scoring 3 and D option. And I think they really felt that he had a good defensive projection and was able to do pretty much everything. However, there were a few glaring concerns, and one major but not necessarily debilitating in all cases would be his shooting. He definitely had some shot selection and decision-making issues, which led to him being a streaky shooter. He could make some open threes, but he could never really get into a rhythm. During his college career, he averaged right around 40% from two. Or from three, I think. 
and in the NBA, this was only a bigger issue. Throughout three seasons, he has had a 28% three-point shooting percentage. That mark is among the worst in the NBA for so-called 3-and-D players. He's labeled as a 3-and-D guy, but couldn't shoot threes consistently. That is a huge red flag. Even worse was his free throw shooting, which was definitely somewhat of an issue in college as well. In the NBA, he has shot a horrifyingly low 47% from the stripe. Shot selection has no part in free throw efficiency. This was clearly a technique problem and was not anybody's fault but the player. Another big elephant in Culver's game was just his tendency to play carelessly. He turned the ball over unnecessarily and got blown by on defense. This was a focus issue, I think. On our very first player, we are already seeing the trends that I showed. This was not planned. I literally just looked up a list of the biggest busts in the last five years and picked the first one I had interest in. I did this so that hopefully I'd pick players that you are interested in too. I did not pick a guy that was clearly not going to be a good player. But I did that so that we can all benefit from this exercise. Culver is still in the NBA, I think, and could still become something, but I don't think he will, and I'm certainly not counting on it in any way. He's been pretty bad. His play and amount of minutes has only declined, declined since his rookie season. Minutes is really a huge thing for a young player because it just shows that the coach, if they're, if they're not getting very minutes, it shows that the coach does not think that they have a lot of potential after three years or else they'd be playing them more so that they could get developmental time. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just move on to the next player. Kevin Knox. Knox, I think, is one of the most intriguing players that you will come across. Even after five seasons of playing like trash in the NBA, I do still have a little bit of hope for him. Yet, it is quite clear that he can be labeled a bust. He has barely produced any stats, and hasn't contributed to winning basketball in any way. Knox was a great high school and college player who was seen as someone with massive potential. Teams were in love with his insane size and versatility that was just super, super interesting. If he had been able to put all the pieces together, he may have been able to be something great. I'll just read part of a scouting report from NBADraft.net. It really kind of sums up the essence of our theme. This was a section pointing out all of his weaknesses. Here it is. Must settle on a position, maybe better suited for the four at the NBA level, relies on his quickness and size advantage on opponents at this level, and then lacks technique in his offensive game, end quote. That last part there is the one that I'm keying at. Lacks technique in offensive game. Here it comes up again, and you could really see that showing through during his time with the Knicks. He just kind of went with the flow and did whatever in the world he wanted on offense. He lacked focus, which led to terrible offense and defensive possessions. His story is kind of similar to like an early Andrew Wiggins. From what I can tell, he has never worked very hard 
and he has played carelessly. Of course, I was actually still a pretty big Andrew Wiggins believer, and I never thought that the hate was quite warranted. However, obviously, he wasn't the hardest worker and didn't have the best work ethic. Who knows, but I can certainly see the trend continuing here with Kevin Knox. The next player here is Josh Jackson. So Josh Jackson is the first one I'm talking about here that was actually seen as a legit potential superstar. Many thought that he could become a great, great player with his athleticism and elite physical tools. Unfortunately, he just never really became what many had hoped for. Since being drafted in 2017, he has really never found a solid spot in the lineup and is still currently an NBA free agent. Inconsistency and decline in play has just led to a whirlwind of events. He did have a solid rookie season, which ultimately led to a spot on the all-rookie second team. Jackson had some bright spots, but wasn't a franchise-changing player in any way. Ever since his college days, he was a tad immature. Immaturity, I think, is really one of the most determining factors in how a player's career ultimately plays out. There are a lot of players out there who could make the NBA, but just don't have the maturity or work ethic to actually get the job done. Jackson really showed that he wasn't ready on and off the court. Prior to the draft, he had some beef with Danny Ainge of the Celtics, which led to them selecting Jason Tatum instead of him. Perhaps if he hadn't done whatever he did, he could have been drafted even higher ahead of Tatum. That's where scouts viewed him. He was viewed as somebody who could end up being a franchise guy. He was also fined for doing something stupid during his rookie season. Off the court, he ran into other situations with the law and just really made some bad choices. Scouts probably should have seen more of this coming with the way he carried his body on the court. He was a perhaps revolutionary guard project prospect playing at Kansas, though. He just had tons of fundamental issues and he acted lazy on the court at times as well. One huge thing also with his game was his shot mechanics. That is one problem that I saw with a lot of so-called draft busts. While I hate to write players off like that, at a certain point, you've seen enough to know what you're working with. Josh Jackson is the embodiment of everything we've talked about so far. He wasn't a very hard worker. He was immature and showed poor technique with his, his shot mechanics. All of his issues kind of culminated into something quite unfortunate. Now, the next two guys that I want to note were both drafted by the same team in the same draft. Four picks apart at number four and number eight, respectively. That is part of what makes these two selections so disappointing and sad is the fact that the Phoenix Suns had such a bright future. It would be like if the Magic last year at number five and number eight and it had drafted Isaiah Todd and JT Thor instead of Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. Like, they just had a really, really poor, disappointing draft that would go down in history as two terrible picks. Like, what is the kind of draft that they had? The Suns had just drafted young star Devin Booker and were loaded up with two lottery picks. To go and blow them on Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris is a colossal L. Anyway, we should probably discuss why they failed in order to learn 
more about scouting because that is what we're doing in this episode. For starters, something they both had standout trouble with, the fundamentals. Bender hardly ever boxed out and was a below average rebounder. For somebody with his immense size at 7 feet tall, that is a major, major weakness that should not be overlooked. That is a huge part of his game that got exploited by just about every other NBA big man. In today's game, if even one part of your game is below the competition, it puts you at a severe disadvantage, especially with a skill as fundamental as rebounding. Chris, likewise, didn't have any defensive technique. Along with that, he was also not a great rebounder. He was drafted because of his athleticism, but he didn't actually know how to play basketball. He was turnover prone, didn't have great touch, had low basketball IQ, and, like Josh Jackson, was immature in many ways. A big part of his failure in the NBA was probably just because he was a bad basketball player. Honestly, this was a poor pick on the part of the Phoenix Suns scouts. The, their scouts probably didn't do their due diligence, and it cost them two top ten picks. Either way, the expectations were high for Phoenix and flunking the draft as hard as they did is honestly just sad. This is considering that six All-Stars came out of this draft class. This wasn't a class where every player was bad. Overall, I just think that these players that I covered are perfect examples of why we have to really dive into not just the highlights and not just the basic stuff, but the entire story of a player. Injuries happen, team fit is a real thing, but at the end of the day, it is well within a player's control whether or not he plays well. That is why character and work ethic are incredibly underrated when scouting players. Lots of guys can put up some gaudy dunks. Not very many can withstand the grind of the NBA and actually go from a project to a star. Many prospects don't pan out, but you will be wrong in scouting a lot of times. I think that if there are two main things that I want you to look for in a prospect from now on, it is technique and work ethic. There are many parts of the game that you can look at next time you watch some film, though. Take special note of these traits. You may be asking, how can I tell if a player has good work ethic just from watching a game? Basically, you have to look at how hard a player is running, and a lot of times, you can simply tell that one player wants it more than others. They want the W more than others. See who it is that is diving for loose balls and getting rebounds against bigger players. It can be a lot of fun just to watch a game without contacts with someone else and both pick a player, the, the player that you think is working the hardest. Nine times out of ten, you will both pick the same player. Hard work is contagious and is incredibly valuable to a winning culture. That pretty much concludes everything. It was a fairly short episode, but we covered a lot of really juicy stuff that is very important when it comes to NBA draft scouting. With that, I'll see you later on the next episode.